Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and I have a fantastic guest on today. I have Dee Cullen on the chat with me. So you might know Dara from his solo stuff. Uh, he was also in a band called The New 52, uh, has performed on The Late Late Show twice with two absolutely gorgeous performances. And last year he had a really, really amazing album that I was quite a fan of called Sing My Story, Tell My Song. Um, but today, so we have all that to chat about, but today we're going to be chatting about his brand new EP, Tiny, which is, I love the idea behind this. It's eight songs and the whole EP is under 15 minutes. And it's a really, really, really lovely EP. So we plenty of chat about it. There's a visual album that went along with it as well. So um, it was fantastic having him on. I really hope he's enjoyed the episode. I had a fantastic time uh, talking to him. I think I've known Dara since I was about 15, 16, saw him performing the Magic Heart, but he's gone from strength to strength. So it was a really pleasure chatting to them. Uh, hope he's enjoyed the episode. Here's a theme music by Zach Stevenson. All right, everybody, we're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm delighted to have Dee Cullen with me. Thanks so much for coming over, man. Thanks for having me. I was, you're more than welcome. Uh, I was saying before we started, I was like, I was ve- the first time I kind of came into contact with you was uh, your gigs uh, in the Magic Carpet that you used to do. This was year, this is about 10 years ago. I think yeah. you already had an album at that point. So, where, yeah, so you were, you, basically what I'm trying to say is you were kind of keyed into the music life, music life already. You knew what you wanted to do at a very young age. I was like, how did that kind of come about? I was, yeah, I was very young. Precocious, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, Ooh, yeah, I, <laughs> um, I started, yeah, I started playing really young. I was eight when I started playing. Um, eight? I, well, and was a guitar, was it? Guitar was yeah. first, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the thing that I had to my advantage was that my first musical heroes were like normal musicians <laughs> and not, not like Elvis, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> What's normal now? So my so my dad is he works in uh, in drama and theater and okay he was working with a, a really great band who are still going called the Classic Beatles who are a Beatles tribute band they're amazing I think they're on tour at the minute possibly shout out to them yeah <laughs> they do like they do like an anniversary tour every year because there's always an anniversary but for for, a, so for any part of they've the just <laughs> finished all the fiftieth anniversaries I think they're on to the sixtieth through this decade <laughs> that's brilliant they can just keep going um but he was working with them on a on a show like a kind of theater piece based around the Beatles career and mm. they were going to play the, all the songs they're brilliant anyway yeah. but the the lads who played john and george played at my communion so, <laughs> really yeah <laughs> so uh, we had the bains castle and all the usual stuff that you have yeah uh and we the kids were supposed to be over there with the cocktail sausages and <laughs> mauling each other on the bains <laughs> castle um and my dad brought these two guys in to entertain me aunts and uncles that's awesome yeah but i ended up getting sucked into the, all the beatles tunes they were playing and I bought a guitar after that. And, and that then, was it? Yeah. And then I was done. <laughs> but it was great to kind of, they were like the first guys I kind of knew who were musicians. And mm. it was great to see what it, like what it was actually like to yeah, kind of yeah. know musicians up close and personal and see what how they actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how they kind of make a career out of it. Play off. So when was yeah. like, when was your first band then? It was shortly after. It was, um, it was like a, a really kind of mad cover band <laughs> we started off as a green day cover band really yeah we were called fire cells 
not a terrible not the name. Worst name yeah. for what? For like 11, 12 year olds or Yeah, I think yeah, I think we okay, were maybe not, 10. That's, that's all right. Yeah, you can, yeah. Get, you can get away with that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. So it was me <laughs> and my friend Ben. He still he plays music still actually. Ben Jammin is his name. Okay. Quite... Oh shit, I do know Ben. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually think that I worked with Ben at one point. Oh no way. Um, yeah. What was the band that he was in? I did I was meant to do something for them. Yeah, this is ages. He plays bass, doesn't he? Um, he has played bass. He's he plays with Bonya a lot. Maybe yeah, this boy. is a different Ben. It could be a different Ben. It could be a different Ben. Um, ben Hogan is his real name. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but honestly, sure yeah, we'll, 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 I'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, but ben, so Ben was the singer. I was on bass. Uh, we had a friend called Daniel who played keyboards, and then my sister was the drummer. Okay. She was your we sister were, was the drummer. Yeah, yeah. She still plays drums with me now, oh, but sweet. she's she was amazing. She was eight. She she was tiny. She could barely reach the cymbals, but <laughs> she was the best musician in the That's band awesome. by far. <laughs> so we started off trying to do the whole American Idiot album, and yeah, we got about four songs, the easy ones down, and then we sort of you're not doing Jesus of Suburbia. We didn't get that far. Yeah. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. That was my first band, and then it kind of. Yeah, so, so when you started writing for yourself, like how did that kind of come about? That was later. I, I, we tried to write songs in that first band and they were all rubbish as, <laughs> as they should be when you're yeah. 11. Um, like, and yeah. we were trying to write like rock operas because of Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> so we were writing songs. driven songs at like 13 years yeah. of age. Yeah. <laughs> remember there was one called like Despair in four parts or something. <laughs> it was all stuff like that. It was terrible. Do you ever see those kind of, it, it just reminds me of like, Mike Shinoda said it in one interview where he's like, when you're in bands, when you're super young, and my friends are guilty of this when they'll tell you themselves, it's like, they're writing about stuff that they actually have never experienced before, but they're writing it like they have. Like, yeah, yeah I'm so depressed. And it's like, do you know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not it's yeah as uh, an easy thing to get through <laughs> and we were doing like you'd write insane love songs and breakup songs it's like never been with a girl never been with a girl <laughs> ever yeah um so so that was the start and then after that band we kind of got a bit more serious into songwriting so when did you decide to go solo then the band i mean the the band kind of just broke up because we all went to secondary school yeah, and yeah. it was we were, <laughs> went to different out. schools and yeah just it just sort of petered out but then um after that, I just started writing songs mm. more seriously. And around 13, 14 is when it really took hold. Yeah. And then I just thought, let's, let's give these a try. Start gigging. Yeah. And um, so when did you decide to go with uh, like D? Well, because it was New 52 as well. Was before D? Was New 52 before D? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. I did see you with New 52 as well. That was fantastic. And Conor McLaughlin was in that, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 He was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Recent guest. I know. Yes, yeah. he was. Yes. Um, but so uh, like uh, when did All Right come about then? That was uh, so the after so the new fifty two were kind of. Well, it was a great name for it, but if anybody doesn't okay. isn't aware, it's it's a DC thing, and I, I remember seeing it, it was like that's such a good name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, but it was very hard to Google. That was the only thing. Oh, because, it's, it's, I imagine so. Yeah, just it would Superman just be loads of pictures time. of Superman, yeah. yeah, and no no band pictures, but that's okay. I the guy who produced that album, he was in a band called The Bible. Oh right, okay. which is really the worst name. Yeah, for that is Google. not great. That's so ungoogleable. It's terrible. <laughs> Um, it's like the band called Ve, and you're just like, how the fuck did you become famous? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so the new Fifty Two. That was like that was like early twenties. That I think yeah. we started when I was twenty, and then we we broke up. Break, broke up sounds like it was dramatic. It was I, just I sort of just kind of just it fizzled away, wasn't it? Just it was kind of funny. It was basically Sick Love were getting really yeah busy. Um, so Connor and Sean, who were both in the band. Oh, Sean in the band as well. Sean was in New 52, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. yeah. See, we were all in school together, so 
we were all kind of oh that makes a lot of sense then we were yeah. all kind of pally for years but um they were just getting really busy and then our bass player mikey was going to america and um, we thought permanently i think he was it was about a year and then he came back <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny we had this dramatic Typical. like we had this dramatic <laughs> last gig we put on this big last ever new 52 show and uh and, like we were all crying <laughs> it's really dramatic but it was great and at the end we're like we love you man and uh and then i think a year later me and mikey moved into an apartment together. <laughs> it's like nothing ever happened like, everyone was just hanging out again it was brilliant. um but uh yeah so after that i was like i think i was kind of writing some softer songs anyway mm. so i thought to, to go solo would be the move again um, and then All Right came about. That was right. It was 2019. It came out. I think mm. I wrote it at the start of 2019. Well, the, the Late Late Show show was 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I wrote it at kind of early, like January, February that mm. year. And then it came out around September. Which I do got to ask you about because um, it looks like you had a whole fucking crew with you when you were there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had a, like an entourage. What, it was, what was it like playing it? Like playing the Late Late Show, like such a kind of a cultural kind of <laughs> it was mad. significant so, thing in Ireland. like. It was mental. It was mental. So it was, um, it was, I think the Wednesday before the show, we got the call. Oh, that, really? Yeah, it, it was, was really soon? quick. It was really quick. Oh, wow. Okay. I think they, they tend to do it pretty last minute most of the time, but that was particularly that last like a minute. a very uh, problematic way of booking people. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, whatever. Yeah. If it works for them, it works for I them. I suppose, yeah, yeah. You've um, done it twice now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, the yes, yeah, so we got the call on the Wednesday morning. Um, like they shows on and we were like I remember my dad came in uh, to the kitchen and he was like he was like put the thumbs up he's like late late show and I was like late late show and we were like Ryan's yes. on the phone yeah um, but then uh, the director was like can you bring the choir in from recording and I went yeah of course the choir is like four or five people multi-tracked on yeah. the recording not a real choir and they were like yeah so like if you could bring like maybe 12 of them that would be great and i went yeah of course 12 yeah <laughs> there was loads Fucking of them. Hell. so then uh so then i was like oh crap i gotta find a choir <laughs> <laughs> so i called everyone who was on the track and i was like can you guys are you guys free on friday and funnily enough i think all of them were busy except maybe one. Oh jesus <laughs> like beck, beck sang on it like... and she couldn't make it and uh my friend jenny wage she couldn't make it. i remember anyone who was on the actual track ended up not being around for the taping so i was just like i just went through my entire musical life and i was like who have i played with who will be free <laughs> I, I imagine the panic was probably setting in hard at that point yeah the wednesday it? was pretty funny it was i was really desperate to just find people so i just anyone i knew who i knew could sing i was like free friday free friday and then we sort of scrambled uh, 12 of us together so it's great fun though it means it's it's such a it's a funny one to look back on anytime yeah. it comes up again i'm kind of i'm like the... this is people from all around my life <laughs> it's like a it's like a scrooge moment or something <laughs> where everyone i've ever played music with is in that <laughs> choir in the band it's hilarious but you're like it's funny you're watching the video like because you know it looks so seamless and it's like oh they've done it so elegantly and it's meanwhile it's just like oh jesus <laughs> yeah it was it's chaos like... on the day but it was it was good fun it, worked it out. was brilliant fun yeah Got loads um, of lovely write-ups and everything about it as well. Yeah, yeah. I was really... The whole day was kind of... was magic because there were so many of us and we were all... It was our, <laughs> I think it was everyone's first time being on telly yeah. uh, or being on the Late Late Show. So we were all like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and they brought us in really early for a, for a sound check and a, and a run-through and stuff. The director had this whole plan that it would open with just me and then Connor comes in and then the band come in and oh, then okay. the choir come in and then the sax guys come in. And so there's this whole like... 
dress rehearsal period <laughs> and stage thing and it was great we just kind of ran around orgy for 10 hours and <laughs> we found the toy show costume room and we were trying on costumes oh, wow. and I they gave know. us this huge dressing room Riverdance were also on that day like the original cast <laughs> so the so the dressing rooms were there was 18 of us i think and then there was like 40 river dancers just like irish dancing <laughs> doing jigs in the it was mental it's such a funny day such a funny day i speaking of uh well i i have to bring it up because we are going to talk about the tiny ep which is why i was like oh shit yeah get them on to talk about that but uh your album now the uh um tell my story sing my song like no it's the other way around, other way around sing, yeah. sing my story tell my song sorry yeah. um that is a beautiful album um now, thank you so much it's no seriously it really is an absolutely gorgeous album i just kind of because i know it wasn't exactly the easiest one to get going i think it was was it in production for four it was four producers i think and four producers covid obviously completely yeah. throwing everything out of the way i just wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about it obviously just just because the year anniversary just passed yeah about, about the making of it and everything so it's it started off uh i think we started recording it in twenty kind of end of twenty eighteen and then into twenty nineteen. And it was with um the guys who did all the new fifty two stuff. So mm. it's Boo Hiradine and uh, Chris Pepper are their names. They're based in England, they're amazing. Boo's like an insane he's been a songwriter for Higher Fears and an amazing solo artist and he's written with like Sia and Oh wow, okay. He's written with two <laughs> of the Spice Girls and he's had this amazing career. Emma Bunton? Yes, yeah, it was yeah, everyone. Yeah, it was the best one. <laughs> yeah, it was her and Mel C, I Mel think, C. who's my favorite. So there you go, your oh, favorite, okay. my favorite. Yeah, I think Rick Rubin produced the Mel C album as well. Which is, Fuck off, Rick. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, but he's had this amazing career. He's amazing. He's kind of been like a mentor figure mm. for years. So no, that's a pretty. How did you get him? Uh, my dad was a big fan, and kind of we kind of stalked him. We just. <laughs> We went to, um, he plays with Eddie Reader. That's his main kind of gig. Okay. He writes a lot of her songs and then plays guitar with her. So we went to one of her gigs and then we just waited outside. <laughs> this is when I was about 17 and my dad had a copy of one of my really old albums and he gave it to Boo and Boo liked that- it and we kept in touch on Facebook and then contact to have. Yeah, it worked out really well. It was a nice like can be cute. Yeah, the album does, there's a lot on the album as well, so it, it sounds fantastic. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. So so it started with Boo and Chris. We'd kind of done a, a full version 10 track album and it was ready to go and then COVID hit and then all the gigs that we had in 2020 got cancelled and everything just kind of went kaputz and then we were bored so we just started I mean Sinead sort of set up a home studio and started recording stuff and then ended up basically writing another album so we had these two albums of material to so how much songs from. in total did you have by the end of I think the... it was 40 Fuck. yeah and we got it down to 12 <laughs> and then during lockdown we were kind of experimenting with different because it was all sending files yeah, to yeah, mixers yeah. and stuff we ended up just having loads of different people on it so <laughs> I was working with a guy called Roger Bashirian during a lot of COVID He's another amazing guy. He produced a lot of Elvis Costello stuff. Oh, fantastic. Squeeze, okay, wow. and he's really cool. Oh, yeah. Squeeze are a fucking yeah, brilliant yeah. band. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, and then Connor did a couple of mixes mm. on the album, which are brilliant. And then we ended, when lockdown was over, we did the last session with um, Ivan Jackman up in Hellfire Studios. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of get into the real world mm. again. Um, so it ended up being a kind of, <laughs> A, a sort of mix of the original Boo and Chris sessions and then the COVID Roger and Connor <laughs> sessions and then the Ivan sessions nice. at the end to tie it all together. <laughs> so yeah, it was getting into like Adele territory for producers <laughs> and all these mixers and stuff, but it worked out. No, it, worked it, out, yeah. it certainly did. Do you have a favourite song off it? I don't know what mine is anyway. Oh, uh, favourite song. I love Warm. I, I, I oh, I love, love that song. It's a Thank gorgeous you so much. song. I actually, Warm might be my favourite as well. I really, I really like Warm. 
Um, yeah, I'll say warm as well. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to pick. Yeah, it's, like, because it's funny from obviously from like from an auxiliary position where I am, I'm able to, you know, I don't have like an extreme personal connection that I didn't spend like three years slaving over and putting this piece of your soul out basically i'm just like oh that's my soul i like that <laughs> yeah yeah but that's i mean that's yeah. all that's that, that all part of it, it yeah. yeah that is all what it is <laughs> yeah it kind of becomes other people's once you put it into the world so now, the tiny ep which is what we're going to get onto now i love this idea so i think you pitched it um what was it eight songs and under eight, eight songs all under two minutes <laughs> yeah yeah that's it how did how did this come about because i i but it's and it it doesn't feel like uh as because it's like 13 minutes 40 seconds I think when it's in total it doesn't mm. feel like that they're all really lovely songs that take their time and then you're just like wait a minute this is like a minute and a half <laughs> oh that's nice to hear that yeah. they, they cut it no they, they do don't they feel do, rushed genuinely anything, yeah. they do they don't feel rushed they really do take their time they're lovely songs and I, the visual EP that went along with it was a genius idea as well which we'll oh, talk about you. after but yeah how did the EP come about like the actual idea behind it it started off with so on the last album there was 40 songs so yeah. it, was, it was a lot of material <laughs> and two of those were under two minutes long so it was beautiful soul and 12 which are both on the um the ep there and they kind of it was one of those things where i loved the two songs and i kept trying to put them on the album but <laughs> they just it just didn't, didn't quite yeah, yeah. It, it felt like an interlude or something i was like they they don't feel they don't feel like interludes yeah i want them to have their own moment but they feel too short for this album and i was kind of racking my brains like what could i where could i put these songs <laughs> where am i going to put two one minute or one and a half minute yeah. long songs and then I had the kind of eureka moment of let's do a, a short EP. That would be cool. If I could write a few more songs around this, we can put a few together. And then I kind of just, it became a bit of a hyper-focused obsession for a while. Where I So I started going back over old demos, songs that kind of hadn't quite made the grade. And I was like, what if I just cut loads of them? <laughs> so a few songs came about that way. There were songs where I, I'd like them, but I, maybe the second verse wasn't working or... Mm. Maybe a bridge wasn't working. I was like, just chop them, see if they work. So I did that with a bunch of songs and then a few of them ended up really working. So Uninspired originally had a second verse and Plains of Africa had a bridge and a bunch of those songs. And The Morning Light was one I used to play with uh, an old band of mine. And I just cut a little bit of, I cut a verse out. Things like that, I was kind of getting really... No, it's, it's worked out really well. Out. Like, because I, I like I was listening to it and I just was like, I, I can't believe it's as short as it is. It's great. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, it, it's I I really really enjoyed. It. And then, um, I saw your post with the visual EP as when we were like discussing you coming on. I was just like, did you do a video for every single song? Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> how, how did you? Because the, you know, there's there's a video in Africa in it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just look. Uh, my 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 cousin uh, was working in in Africa. All oh, right, okay. During the summer, um. <laughs> She was, uh, yeah, she was based in Tunisia. So I just called her. I was like, hey, do you have any, do you have any footage? Can I just steal a few bits of footage for a two minute video, please? So that was, it was fortuitous. It worked out well. Yeah. Did you enjoy smashing that ukulele? I actually did. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually quite cathartic. Um, I was, I was recording that whole video myself. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Like, it, you know, it reminded me almost like. Do you remember those lockdown videos of people trying to do something like that? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you do you have a team when you're making music videos generally, or did you like, normally? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very small team. It's uh, it's a friend of mine, Ian Whelan, who's an amazing videographer. Um, so we he me and him would usually do the videos, and then whoever's around, we'll, we'll just sort of get them in, and <laughs> we'll all do something. So Sinead usually pitches in. My brother is a really good actor, Ronan. All right, okay. Um, so he's been in a bunch of the videos. Um, but we'll all kind of just pitch in. So usually me and Ian are very last minute Lucy's with this sort of stuff. Mm. So 
about a week before the song will come out. It'll be like, we got it. We got to do a video. <laughs> There's this stuff and then, called promo that we have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll be like, okay, meet me tomorrow. <laughs> it's really like Keenan oh, and Cal. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll be like, all right, uh, meet me in town. <laughs> Bring someone who can hold the camera and we'll go. And uh, he'll edit it and then it's done. But he's amazing. He's He works really quickly anyway. So it well, works out. Did, you, did he do the stop motion video very quickly? Because like I've, I've so, done stop motion before. Um, I did it with paper for a project when I was in college. And going in, I think most people, when they do it for the first time, think that it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. It's fucking, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's so labor full, intensive. Yeah. It's so long. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was actually just me and Sinead doing that. And All right. it, it took ages. We were like, ah, it's like a two minute long song. We'll knock it out in ages. And then uh, I think it was six hours. And <laughs> it's, blood, it's, sweat and tears. So really you know, I don't know if you ever see that like a uh, Parks and Rec thing where, your man does a stop motion video and he takes like three weeks on it. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Like, and it's yeah. just it's the opening of the REM, so it's like stand in the place, and then it just stops. Yeah, <laughs> that took three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was yeah, it was pretty hardcore. We really didn't know what we were getting into. Um, it turned out pretty good. Yeah, it turned out all right. It turned out all right. Uh, Sinead's not very happy with it. Oh, I don't right, okay. <laughs> she that was part like of the podcast. <laughs> no, I think we can talk about it. It's all cool. But yeah, I, she was like, "Oh, we definitely could have done that edit a little bit better." And oh, the, the, the camera jumps there, and yeah, she's she's more analytical. She, I'm very like, is she like her own it. worst critic type of thing? Is it or yeah, yeah, yeah? She's she's but she's I think she just has higher standards than me. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like, yeah, it's cool, it's raw, man, it's great. <laughs> she's like, no, it's gonna be perfect. Punk, just roll with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with the with the tiny video, so Ian did all of the or he did most of the album videos mm. um but he wasn't around actually for this one so i just mentioned a basically did it all ourselves this Tried time to stab at it yeah yeah, yeah. so we kind of so we it was good fun it was a learning curve kind of doing it all mm. ourselves this time um we kind of because the because of the nature of the ep as well we wanted it to have a little bit of a homemade feel as well a little, a little bit of a diy kind of because <laughs> we recorded most of the ep in my attic as well so really yeah yeah but it's so, like it oh you must have one soundproofed attic <laughs> we have a proper a guy who mixes it who makes it sound really good afterwards but... yeah because it sounds fantastic like it's yeah. a very nice like it's, as i said already it's a very lovely ep so oh, i can't you. believe you recorded it in an attic yeah no it's, it's amazing all... what you can do these days like yeah people, it's yeah. funny people with even with this podcast some people come over thinking that it's a studio and it's like it's in my family home <laughs> it's in <laughs> but my it's bed- actually it's in my bedroom <laughs> this this the setup you have is really is cl- really close to it's actually nearly exactly the same as well. I have. Same <laughs> interface, um, same really? microphone. Same interface. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I basically i I did ninety percent, about ninety percent of the recording at home. Right. And then I go to Connor for the drums. Yeah. For the posh bits. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to Chris <laughs> to Chris over in England to mix it, and he's oh, wow. he's just great. So, it my mixes are terrible compared to his, but the yeah everything was done in in the house. Which and is great. how long were you recording it for? It was quite, the recording was kind of on and off. So okay. it was all kind of bled with the album. Oh, right. So okay. it was probably about three. The oldest thing's probably about three years, but it was very kind of, it was something I'd sort of chip away at for, mm, yeah. for a couple of days and then I'd leave it for a bit and then <laughs> chip away at it again, leave it for a bit. So I'd say overall the recording was probably accumulatively a couple of, <laughs> a couple of weeks maybe, but it was spread out over a long period of time. Okay, and you're just back from a tri- uh, trip to uh, Scotland as well. Yes, that yeah. looked gorgeous. Where were you? <laughs> we were kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah we we lovely. ended up we played a few kind of remote places in Scotland, which is lovely. 
Um, we started, it was four gigs in four days. We started in Abadour, which is sort of just outside of Edinburgh. See, I've, ne- I've actually never been to Scotland. I'd love to go. But, um, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's I've really lovely. It's yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Abadour is like a beach town just outside of Edinburgh. And then we sort of played a few small areas in between Edinburgh and Glasgow, ended in Glasgow. Lovely. And then we did the really rock and roll straight from the gig to the ferry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> about one hour sleep. Eight hours driving is gnarly. Yeah, getting uh, the ferry as well. <laughs> yeah, and the ferry only goes to Belfast, so you have to do oh, like a two-hour drive <laughs> afterwards. So we were like, we were really white knuckling that uh, drive on the way I home. Enjoy that. I remember my brother telling me a story. I think they were going to Manchester for a football match, hmm. and for whatever bizarre reason, they decided to get the ferry. I think it was just like unbelievably cheaper than the flights. Yeah, but um. They went on a day where, like, I was like, like we're near Dunleary, we're, we're near Black Rocks here, mm. so I could see the Beckon Beach from here. Yeah, like, there is no way they're bringing a ferry out in that weather. And they went out, and apparently, just <laughs> everybody on the on the ferry got sick. So it was just two hours of just sick swaying back and forth. Oh, yeah, at no. seven o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty it's rough. <laughs> yeah, it could be pretty gnarly when you when you get a bad ferry. <laughs> um, it was it was fun though. It was fun, bit of rock and roll. Yeah, no, <laughs> all nighters and all that stuff. Life experiences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you have three three nights coming up in Wheelands, and then mm. obviously like this won't come out, but you have the show in Cork, which we'll promote as well. Do you have anything other that you're working on at the moment that we could talk about? We've the three gigs in Wheelands. We've also a gig in Galway on the so the Galway's the twenty first in Munro's fantastic, uh, and then the Wheelands ones are twenty sixth. To the twenty eighth, hmm. and it's um, in Little Wheelands, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah, lovely and intimate. That'll be gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, this tour has just been me and Sinead doing mm. kind of acoustic versions of the songs. Um, the we did a full band tour last year around the album, but we yeah. decided to do something a little different this time, go a bit more stripped back. Um, and is it the album you're playing, or we'd be playing bits of Tiny? Uh, yeah, it'd be a mix of everything. Mix of everything. Um, okay. we kind of we we were varying the set lists a lot in Scotland, so. So it's a good mix of kind of everything's on the table, basically. Any <laughs> Anything from the album, anything from Tiny, um, any of the kind of standalone singles we've done, uh, New 52 songs we're throwing in. Oh, really? Oh, sweet. Yeah. And then like th- co-writes and things. Have done. Like I had a song this year on um, Ben Folds' new album. Oh, right. Okay. A co-write. So that song's Took in that the up. mix. And <laughs> I know I, this is just me no, no, bragging no, no. that I'm on Ben Folds' song. Because I'm like, <laughs> no, what, that's the, the big, what the hell? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a whole story. That's like a... That's a, I've, yeah, that's a whole thing. Do you want me to ask you about it? Sure. <laughs> How did the Ben Folds song come about? <laughs> uh, so Ben Folds is like, he's like my idol. He's like, I have like a Mount Rushmore of songwriters <laughs> who are my, my top tier. It's Dave Grohl, Ben Folds, Paul McCartney. They're like my, and John Lennon's up. Those, that's good, my four. It's a pretty good mountain to have. Yeah, yeah. They're like my, everything they do, I'm obsessed with. Mm. Um, And Ben Folds was running like a lyric writing competition on his patreon about four years ago Class. five years ago it was when i remember i was in between like teaching or is he it's like he's just whoever gets the is it oh it's a competition sorry yeah, yeah sorry yeah. so the so it was i think sorry. he picked the best 10 and he put music to them that was the prize you got Jesus, your own best song. so i was like <laughs> come on let's do this it was in between the new 52 and releasing the g call and stuff so i was in that kind of in between period and i was like yeah why not i'll throw a lyric in pretty damn impressive <laughs> and then he picked it and it was great and then i've gotten like an email from him once a year since so in 2019 that was when the lyric competition was 2020 peak lockdown mm. i get an email from what i thought was his mailing list mm. and i was like oh cool cool he must have like a live stream coming up or something or an album or <laughs> 
uh, and it said hello Dara and I was like oh that's a bit creepy my automated. name's on it yeah automated <laughs> name I don't like that that's that's kind of a bit weird and then I saw the email and I, it was his personal email it oh, was like wow. a weird one of those weird famous people emails yeah, yeah it was just like it looks almost like a virus yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like what wait what and the email was hey I'm really bored I'm stuck in lockdown and I listened to that song we did and I really like it can I play it on a live stream Wow. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. I was I was like showing all my family and Sinead. I was like, look at this, look at this. That's the real Ben Fold. Look at his email, it's weird. <laughs> um, and then about once a year, he's sent me an email kind of going, I really, that song's really fun. I really like it. I, I might try and record it. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool. Um, and then the email this year was, uh, it's going to be on, uh, it's going to be a bonus track on the new album. Oh, so it came out in uh, July and uh, mad. I was thinking, listen, I didn't, I didn't know that. So that that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's 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 wild. It's wild. <laughs> nice little thing to have on the CV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like that's like really one of my that's one of my heroes, one of my all time favorite sorrows <laughs> ever. So just to be to have that yeah, little Cullen Folds yeah. thing on a well, Folds Cullen. Let's not kid ourselves, but yeah. <laughs> Um, it's mad it's insane so that song's in the mix in the tour and fantastic there's loads of stuff yeah yeah. well the, this is the part now because we hit the halfway part where I ask you basically stupid questions I'd ask you if we were in a bar that's Brilliant. kind of the main that's the best way I can possibly describe it so what I'll start with is what was the first and last album that you bought oh um, the first album I remember buying was American Idiot by nice. Green Day so that was uh, me and my sister bought it that album, you couldn't escape that album when it came out. Yeah, like it, yeah. It really, I don't think for people who are a bit younger, I, I really don't think it, it is insane how popular that album was. It was huge. And yeah. like, I was a big hip hop head. Like that's kind of, because mm. I grew up in the age of Eminem, which I listen to now. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I was listening to this when I was six. Like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's insane. But uh, as soon as I heard Green Day, I was just like, guitars are pretty cool. And it's like, my yeah. da- it's like not, not my dad's music anymore. Now I can have my own thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I we I remember we saw an ad for it on it was on Nickelodeon. That's how we found out. Really? About it. Yeah, they had like a little. They had an ad with like the goo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. They they used the, the green slime, goo. Yeah. I think they had like four clips from the four for the four singles. So it was like American Idiot and Holiday Boulevard, yeah, and then, then Jesus Red September. Or oh, wake me up Jesus September. Wake me up September was another one. Yeah. yeah, they had they had a few clips, and it was like new American Idiot album by Green Day out now in all good record stores. And then Drake and Josh came back on. <laughs> so that was that was what I mean. They were like, my drink that's, that's so cool. We should buy that album. Um, so that was the first time I remember you know buying. I saw the musical. Oh, actually, the I American, saw it as well. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I saw it with um. Who was the, uh, I think Newton Faulkner was playing the main lead. No way, song. really? I think so, yeah. Newton Faulkner. The, the guy with the big dreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. <laughs> I remember, How was he? was he? It was very good. Yeah. I remember seeing it though, and I was seeing it with my girlfriend at the time. And the, we were in one of the really old theatres in um, Soho, I think it was. And they had these wooden chairs. And she was beside me and she goes, I need to go to the bathroom. I was like, don't fucking go to the bathroom with those chairs because it's a quiet part, it'll, it'll bang. Yeah. And I was like, the door will bang as well. And she goes, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And of course, as soon as she gets up, it slams right back and makes this huge crash <laughs> to the point that every like everybody on the stage is just looking at us. I was like, for fuck's sake, like, I told you not to do that. Newton and she did it twice. And... She did it twice. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Disaster. <laughs> no decorum. No but decorum. Um, what, was the, what was the last album you bought then? The last album I bought. The, oh. Uh, 
I got the new Foo Fighters on vinyl recently. I've yet to listen to it. Oh, it's really good. I heard it's very good. Yeah, I think it's it's the best in, in a good long while. I, I heard say. I heard it's best since the Wasting Light album. Yeah, uh, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, you can hot. see I've I've my yeah. I was I was. And... Do you know I saw when you came in? I was just, I was just like, is that what I think it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm a big I'm a big Foo's fan. Oh, but Foo's um, are brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a sadder album than they usually do. Obviously, with yeah, with his mom and yeah, it's yeah, it's probably pretty heavy going. I heard it, I heard it's actually quite hard to listen to at points. Like it is actually genuinely very like yeah. it's a very emotional album. There's a song at the end called Rest, which is it's one of, I think it's one of his best songs ever. But it's it's really it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, but it's a it's an amazing record. So I think that's the last album I bought. Um, I've, there's been a few really good ones this year, though. <laughs> I, I won't get into it because I'll be here for ages. No, but the, it, well, we're, we're, we have a podcast. You're more than welcome to talk about it. Um, like, what's your current go to music at the moment? Then, yeah, it's quite it's quite varied. I'm always I always listen to a good range of stuff. Mm. Um, I had um, I was listening to you two on the way in because oh. I was checking out the Sphere <laughs> stuff. Man, I, I, I saw, I was actually, I was so impressed with it that I was sending photos and videos into like my family WhatsApp going like, are you guys looking at this? And I was yeah. like, we don't care. It's like, <laughs> this is one of the most imp- impressive things I've ever seen a band do in a show. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's mental. Like, did you yeah. even see the one where it's like, it's just, it looks like they're just playing in like the wilderness with the big o- ocean mm, water. Mm. Like even that, and then the one with the angels coming in and everything. It's just, oh. Yeah, it looks wild. <laughs> so that made me, I was seeing all that. All, all weekend and I was like oh I should listen to Octum Baby again because that's such a great album I, I haven't listened to that either actually um, oh it's a brilliant album yeah. yeah I think it's my favourite of theirs um, so I listened to that today um, me and Sinead have been on a weird kick we were listening to um, we've gotten really obsessed with the song Like I Love You by Justin Timberlake okay <laughs> yeah I think we were why? <laughs> Just... I think we were we were working on one of her songs and um, we were trying to reference a snare sound and I was like, the snare from that song could be a good reference. Mm. She hates Justin Timberlake as well, as a rule. <laughs> um, I don't know if that, sorry, Justin, if you're listening. But uh, uh, she was like, oh, no, not Justin Timberlake. And then I put it on. I was like, just listen to the snare. Don't listen to him. And then uh, about two minutes in, she was like, oh, damn it, this is really good. <laughs> and then afterwards, it was one of those, well, we, we played again. Let's play again. So we've had, that's been on a bit of a so loop. It's just worm at the moment, is it? Yeah, it's one of those that you just have to kind of get it out of the system. Um, Boy Genius have been listening to a lot. Oh, I heard the, you talking about it on oh, the, the Boy, Genius, Boy Genius concert was just something else. Brilliant like, gig, really, wasn't it? it? Was yeah, absolutely fantastic. I still, I know I mentioned the Signal episode. Still really annoyed that they turned off the music at the end. Yeah, really yeah. annoyed that they did that. Um, I thought it was extremely bad out. And I think as as uh, Bex pointed out, I was like, I don't know if they would do it to a male band. But that certainly was. There was like yeah. thirty seconds over, and then just. Cut straight away. No, they weren't. Sorry, it was bang on half ten. Then gone. But um, that gig was phenomenal. Amazing gig. There was yeah. there were so many points in it where I was just kind of like, whoa! Like I I didn't think I was going to get as emotionally torn up as I was watching it. Like yeah. it just beautiful songs, very very honest. Um, no, it was fantastic. And just amazing performances from all three of them as well. Yeah, it was yeah. Brilliant. It felt like it felt like um, when when they say rock is dead. Yeah, you kind of you often think like where are all the the new great new rock bands and on record obviously they're a little folkier and mm. a little more acoustic based but seeing them live i was like oh, oh that's yeah that's like the great rock band of this generation i feel oh, like julian baker shredding it yeah yeah just incredible yeah they're just like and the whole like the 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 way they dress like the whole yeah. uniform aspect of it and they kind of it feels like you just really want to be in their gang and yeah. i feel like that's the secret to I, most great bands you want to join their 
I was actually going to say that the vibe at it was everybody was just having a really positive time. Yeah, very good gig. It was all yeah, it was a really nice crowd to be in as well. It was lovely. That's why I was going to actually one of my questions was what was one year? What's because we're getting towards believe it or not we're getting towards 2024, which is kind of scary. But what was your favorite uh, live gig that you saw this year? If you can think of any, been to a few good ones. The Boy Genius was probably number one. Paramore would be a close second. I'm raging. I missed Paramore. I've never seen them. If you can, them. if you can get Taylor Swift tickets, maybe for mm. next year, which no <laughs> one like, gets. No like, if you can spend two more grand valuable than uranium at the moment, I know. Yeah, <laughs> um, Paramore was amazing. Who? Been, there's been a few really good ones. Um, 1975 at the start of the year was really good, but he's gone a bit he's mad a, now. He's a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I it's really annoying because I don't want to say that. Charlie XEX keeps sharing videos, of, and I love her to bits. Like she is my favorite artist. And yeah, she keeps sharing videos of her hanging around, hanging around Matt Heating. He's like, stop it. She she's dating the she's drummer. Dating is she? The drummer, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's ah. had a fight with Rina Sawayama over it. I'm just like, Rina's lovely. <laughs> anyway, we won't get into pop politics, but uh, yeah. <laughs> now, in 1975, I've seen them live. And they were very, very, very good. But I was yeah. also extremely drunk at it. <laughs> I was told to leave because I kept kissing my girlfriend at the time. We were like 18 or whatever, 17. And we were told by a person who's like, would you just to fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> You're too lovey-dovey at it. But um, that was a ah, gig. That was one of the gigs where when we were leaving, I kept tickling her and she goes if you tickle me one more time I'm going to punch you in the face and like we, by the way she was a lovely girlfriend <laughs> but she she was so drunk that she took like a swing or like a slap or something like that and I just leaned back and she just fell on her face and broke her two front teeth oh no <laughs> that's a wild gig then Jeez. <laughs> uh, that story sounds bad it was very funny at the time and we do laugh about it now we're still friends so uh, but yeah I love that it all happened at a 1975, a 1975 gig, so. gig it was outside but the worst part was because she hit the ground so hard um, and I was just, I was standing there just looking at it going like, what the hell? Because I, I didn't know she was that, you know, out of it. Yeah. But lads across the road thought that I hit her oh, and God, ran okay. over. I was like, and then she's like, no, 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 no. I fell, I fell, I fell. <laughs> With the two teeth just completely gone at the front. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's a, that feels like it should be a punk gig. That feels like it should be. Yeah, a, it does. It feels like it should be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some wild. Not like the Fontaines or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, was there, is there any other gigs that come to mind? Because it's funny. As soon as COVID finishes, like, I'm going to as much as possible to the point that uh, people at work were kind of like, are you going to another fucking gig? <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes, I am. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I love, I go to as many as I can. We had a we had an amazing one, amazing run last year, I remember. Because uh, me and Sinead lived in New York last summer. Oh, did you? Yeah. And oh, we, wow. we got, we managed to get some amazing ones for what? really cheap as well. So we got to did you get Madison Square Garden. <laughs> We did. We went to John Mulaney in Madison Square Garden, no, which no, was great I crack. Love yeah, John Mulaney. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, <laughs> was this during his recovery tour? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's wow. the, the last special the last that came special, out just yeah. before that came out. So oh, it was all wow. that material, which is oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he was on fire. He was amazing. <laughs> the story of the intervention is one yeah. is so funny, and it was longer live as well. I think he shortened it for the special. Okay, but it, it was re a lot more gossipy live. They <laughs> 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 was calling out. Um, he kept calling out Nick Crowell for. <laughs> doing like saying weird shit at the intervention <laughs> stuff is brilliant um but we we got this amazing run in a couple of weeks we saw mccartney elton john and the red no chili peppers way. in the big stadium in this big stadium in new jersey the giants stadium oh it's amazing to see them just say you saw paul mccartney like, yeah yeah i mean that was the that's 
Probably the best gig I've ever seen. He's still performing. It was like two days before he turned 80. Wow. And Bruce Springsteen came out and sang with him. And then John Bon Jovi came out and gave him a cake. No way. It was like, it was probably like New Jersey royalty. <laughs> that is insane. It's amazing. <laughs> but it's amazing. He played for three hours, no break. He doesn't even like, he doesn't even take a sip of water. He's just song after Jesus. song after song. Elton um, John's the same. I saw Elton John play the three arena with my mom. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe my dad wouldn't go and I was like you're fucking mental I'm definitely going to this and it was three hours of just non-stop and it was it was right after he I, I don't know if you remember he hurt himself very seriously oh yeah so yeah so it was right after that and he was still giving it absolute socks it yeah. was one of the best gigs I was ever at yeah he put on an amazing show insane yeah yeah you probably um, saw one of his last performances then because Glastonbury was his retirement thing that was last year yeah yeah so it was it was that tour anyway yeah, wow. yeah. so it was just before and then the Chili Peppers were great I think I, loads of my mates went to them in Dublin yeah. and said it was terrible because they did a weird set list well I don't know if you okay so I have seen them before right and they were shite they were really bad yeah uh, but my brother has seen them about seven times and he says that, and he's a, he's an enormous fan yeah. I, I can kind of take or leave right actually but they wouldn't be they just, they're just I know they're a good band they're just not my cup of tea mm. um but uh, they were terrible when I saw them. Like even like you seen, it, 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 they were just bad. But he's he's seen them like six or seven times, and he's like, two of the times I've seen them, they were okay. Three times I saw them, they were one of the worst band- gigs I was ever at. And then I think the other two times that I saw them, it was easily the best gig I was ever at. So it depends on just what kind of day you get them. It's a yeah. very strange. Yeah, yeah. So we got lucky, I guess. But we got like I know I think we got lucky with the set list. I know. In Dublin, apparently, they played loads of the new album, not the, not the good ones. I don't know why bands do that. There's certain yeah. bands that get away with it, and certain bands that don't. And Red Hot Chip Peppers would not be a band that I would be cool with them doing. Just because their albums are 18 tracks long all the time, and it's yeah. a lot of filler. But we got like the full greatest hits set list. Oh, nice! Like okay. every, I think they did like four songs dun, from the dun, new dun, album, dun, but it was all dun, 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 dun. they opened with that. <laughs> um, the your man Fruciante was on fire. The guitarist, he was amazing oh yeah yeah, he's back so he's back that's why I wanted to go because I want to see him live Mm. because I figured he wouldn't ever play live again so I was like I better go see him and everyone was on fire Chad Smith was he's an amazing drummer he's one of my favourites so did you see the 30 seconds tomorrow? 30 seconds tomorrow? Yeah, video? yeah, that was cool, That's wasn't it? That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I love it. It's like, it's probably some just some goth emo stuff, is it? And it's like, yeah. it's 30 seconds tomorrow. So he goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. He's like, Jared's band. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a Hollywood thing. Like, everyone knows everyone. Um, did you see the, the mega death? drummer dude did see the that. killers dude, as the well killers, and that's that like phenomenal amazing yeah. that kind of made me like he's so nice about it as yeah, well yeah yeah um, but the way he did the halftime and the verse i was oh, like I, brilliant this is this should be the song this is he amazing. is like um so i i don't really listen to megadeth um like they're just they're just not one of those bands that i, I clicked with but i know for i've known off friends of mine who are metal musicians and stuff that he's he's meant to be just the cream of the crop of, of metal drummers at the okay, moment. Okay, yeah. So, but that video is incredible. Yeah. But I just love that he doesn't know, like he genuinely doesn't yeah, know Yeah, yeah, he's never heard it's like, it. how have you never heard Mr. Brightside? It's amazing. For anybody who's unaware that we're talking about, there's a YouTube channel where basically they get famous drummers to come in and play, <laughs> they get them to hear a song one time, isn't it? I think, one, yeah, but, and with drumless, I think drumless as yeah. well, and then they get them to play it. And Megadeth did it for the, Mr. Brightside, and he never heard the song before. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is just wild. Nice. It's wild. <laughs> but it's a great channel, though. Oh, it's, it's fantastic! Yeah, channel. yeah brilliant the, videos. One of the there's a really good channel, like even if you're not into um, like heavy metal and stuff, but they get jazz musicians to try and do black metal drumming or like mm. death metal drumming. It's insane. They're able to do it. 
after like one or two listens they go okay and then they just do and you're just like jesus christ they can play anything like yeah <laughs> yeah do you dabble with jazz at all um a little bit a little bit I'm not. I, I like smooth jazz now, but the the main stuff I'm kind of like okay. <laughs> I, I like Dissing it. and jazz. I'm just like oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I like seeing it live. It's I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't listen to it as much, but I've, but anytime I go to see jazz, I'm like yeah, let's yeah. go. My sister um, has a little bit of a jazz drumming background. Oh, she did really? a few jazz drumming lessons, so she'd be she'd know a little bit more than me. <laughs> Um, and she'll show me some cool stuff. The first, yeah. it's, it's, it's a genre that I was never crazy about. And then I did see it live when I was in Holland, I think. there was We were in some cafe at like eight o'clock. Mm. And these guys just kept coming in. There was like a drummer and uh, like I think like a double bass and some saxophone thing. And just people would just come in and then just join in as yeah. it was going on. I was like, this is incredible. That's like, cool, and they yeah. were all ja- They weren't playing any particular song. They were just hitting off each other. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And like... I was with Zach Stevenson, who you, I don't. Do you know Zach? Yeah, Stevenson? yeah. He, he was yeah. just like he's like, this is what jazz is, and I was like, oh, okay. I just thought it was just screeching <laughs> fucking trumpets. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's one of those things. It's like so much of it is rubbish. But yeah. then you, you, you need to get. But it's the same with any genre, I guess. You yeah. have to just find the. You have to find the good. Believe stuff. me, there's a lot of bad heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's a lot of awful heavy metal. Yeah, uh, particularly black metal. There's some just dog shit stuff because they're always trying to replicate one particular type of sound which was the 90s sound and it's it's just it's a tired uh genre but yeah. anyway um i'm trying to think of one oh actually a lovely question who do you think who would you consider an ex, uh your most underrated artist when you think of the word underrated comes to your mind first oh oh that's a good question i'm gonna have to think about this most underrated here's a here's a weird one uh i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this by saying i do have uh I, i'm a secret pop fan like a really I'm not that secret about it but I love <laughs> I really love pop music um and uh here's okay okay I feel weird talking about this Christina I feel like I'm gonna get laughed at. <laughs> well she's she's brilliant yeah she's a great singer but uh recently I went back and I listened to one of my favorite albums which is underneath by Hanson who are the Umbop guys Umbop guys yes so <laughs> Umbop out of anything that you were going to say, I would never have gotten. That. Okay, so I, I feel like I need to qualify because everyone knows Umbop and they were they were like yeah. tiny and the, they were like They're like thirteen. The drummer yeah. was like eight, I think. Like they were really young. Um, uh, so everyone knows Umbop. That's <laughs> fine. But when they when their voices broke, basically the label were like dropped them. Yeah, I remember hearing yeah. that. Yeah, and instead of breaking up, they went fully independent. So they've had like this twenty year indie music career because there was a video only recently of them doing Umbop again as yeah, adults yeah. and it sounded really actually yeah like they're great I think singers it was, I think it was on like Nevermind the Buzzcocks or something like that they were showing it okay yeah it sounded yeah. great I was like oh what the f- they still yeah. got it <laughs> but the so the first album they released after they went indie is called Underneath oh, yeah. and I think it was I think it was like they made half of it with the label and then the label were like fuck this the moose yeah yeah, your voice is broke balls <laughs> dropped you're gone Um. <laughs> And uh, it's a brilliant album. It's like just brilliant. It's kind of like it's sort of soulful pop, is it like surf rock type of stuff. Is it or like? Cause... It's more like it's quite. It's I don't know. I feel like er, maybe early Coldplay, but with a bit oh, of soul influence. Right, okay. It's like a lot of acoustic guitars and a little bit of rock influence, hmm. but nothing too insane. Um, a bit Americana, and then a bit of a like soul influence in the harmonies and stuff. But it's a gorgeous album. It's really, really, and then. The, the albums since have all been pretty nice. But uh so I'm gonna say Hansen. Oh 
okay. Adult, adult Hansen. That's gonna be. My I'm gonna actually enjoy choice. checking that out. I'll send um, you a link of yeah, the, do, the, the best songs. Yeah. See the funny thing, like um, I ask bands, you know, these questions all the time about these artists, and I have just this sprawling list of everything <laughs> and it's like some of it you kind of look at you just like oh my god i have to get through all this yeah yeah but you do, i always do find amazing stuff that's the beauty of actually asking musicians their opinion on songs you do tend to find good songs yeah do you do you have an underrated act that oh you pick? oh that's a very good question i don't really know i think i do think liturgy are very underrated um in terms of heavy metal hmm. um I'm trying to think. Oh, Jesus, you've stopped me. No one asked me questions, you see. Sorry, so no, I've changed I, it. Actually, changed I know. I know I, there's an artist that I really love and I don't see her getting enough mention, which is uh, Zola Jesus. I don't I don't see anybody mention her. Mm. It's kind of noisy, kind of noisy, so, like dark wave kind of. It's a good mix, a good healthy mix of stuff. But yeah, Zola Jesus, I'd say. Okay. Her, she's a fantastic artist. But I don't see much people mention her. Maybe she's more famous in kind of underground circles in the States and stuff. But over here, I've never heard anybody mention her. And yeah. she's very, very, very good. Okay. Give her a go. So if you listen to Hanson, I'll listen to Zola Jesus. I don't know if you'll like it, but I... I, I'm, I, I, go. Probably say I don't know if you'll like Adult Hanson. I probably yeah. will like Adult Hanson. I just even like the idea of it. I, like, yeah. I love the fact that the fellas are still going. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair play to them. <laughs> well, I, we're actually at the end of the interview, but um, I always finish each episode with asking, uh, what do you love most about what you do? Oh... Cool question. I just love. I really just love playing music. Yeah. I I feel at best when I have an instrument in my hand. That's like my ideal place. So, my whole life I've just set up to try and have an instrument in my hand as many times as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's just it. having the being allowed to play instruments Whatever all the time. Yeah. That's that's what I love about what I do. Sometimes simplicity is best. That's a lovely answer. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as we said, we can get you can get tickets for Wheelands now. You can go listen mm. to Tiny. It's out on Spotify. I'm, do you have a Bandcamp where you can buy it? If yeah, you like yeah, it? Bandcamp. And then on my website, Decolon Music, there's um, there's a really limited amount of physical CDs. Really oh, you can limited. Get a physical CD. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pick one. Add it to the collection. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have asked you to bring one over. Damn it, I would have given the money. But uh, anyway, ah. man, thank you so much for that. That was that was really lovely. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No that problem. was great. Come back anytime. Great. All right. So that is our episode for this week. Just a quick thank you again to Dara for coming on and being a fantastic guest. And also being super patient with me as well, because we actually did record this a while ago, but my laptop broke, which is what I edit and record the podcast off. So um, he's been very, very nice and letting me get this out there. And it's out there. And it was a really, really, really lovely episode. So all the tour dates that uh, Dara mentioned will be in the bio for this episode. And so will his band camp and Spotify and all that kind of crap. So make sure to listen to his music because it is genuinely fantastic. Would have asked him on if it wasn't. And then from my side, if you want to hear more episodes like the one you just heard, make sure to give the podcast a follow. It helps me out enormously. Um, like it really, really does. Uh, believe me. I know I said it week, but it does. But uh, yeah, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening to it. And we'll be back again this week for another episode. Thank you and goodbye.